You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engines! The following is a paid program. This program may contain adult themes and nudity, and you can never go wrong with that. Speaking of always being right, views expressed on this program are those of life-experienced mechanics. Continued listening may cause addiction, and in rare cases, a rash. Discretion is advised. A mechanic tries to fix your car. No matter if you're near or far, he'll change your oil or fix your flat. And he'll do it just like that. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, hit it! Well, hello everybody and welcome to Dave's Corner Garage, another experience of automobile and glory, I guess that's a good word. <laughs> and Greece. And Greece. we got a great show today. Uh, coming up today is Jim Matthews from Lease Busters. He's in the studio with us this morning. Morning, James. Hey, how are you? Good. I mean, only your mother calls you James, right? Uh, yeah. No, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Terry O'Keefe from Omvic is going to join us talking about liens. You buy a car and there's still money owing against it. Well, too bad for you. Wow. Lean yeah. on me. So there's a big issue there where dealers are not paying off liens when you trade your car in and you could be making double payments. So we're going to be talking about that. And my buddy Barry Sklar is going to join us from the Kidney Foundation, and we're going to talk about kidney cars and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Just a reminder, uh, Prestone is giving away a neon sign it's on our a, website. It's beautiful clock. It'd be perfect for your man cave. Or I was thinking man cave or bedroom it. or, mm-hmm. you know. The garage? Your bedroom. Like, your wife would let you put <laughs> that presto clock. Honey, turn off the light. I can't sleep. <laughs> Anyways, uh, go to davescornergarage.com. Uh, enter the contest. We've got quite a few entries already, but your chances are better than the lottery. And we'll be right back with more from Dave's Corner Garage. Yeah. You got a car care question? Call us right now. Yeah. Okay, welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Dave Redinger. I Alan Gelman is sitting Alan next to me. Gelman right here. And uh, Jim Matthews is here from Lease Busters. And, of course, Steve is here somewhere around the table, but I can't see There him. he is. I can <laughs> see him. Steve, wave. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Jim, uh, Volkswagen announces that they're no longer going to bring diesels in in 2017. Yes, so the model year 2017 will be free of diesels at the at VW dealership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, again, that has to do with they're still trying to remedy this, this, the fix, if you will, on the software and trying to get it right in order for them to, uh, for it to be acceptable for the EPA both in Canada and the United States. Um, it, it's a plan where they're, they're obviously arguing because this, this whole thing is before the courts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. So of what I've read and what I've known about it is they've got challenges because if they if they clearly come right out and accept full liability, mm-hmm. well, they're going to have to pay out even more and more and more. So what happens with like these hundreds of thousands of cars will leave the country? 
and go to other countries? Will they, will they resell them or they scrap them? What are they going to do? Well, no, they're just not – they're still producing diesel product. They're just not bringing it into Canada. Mm-hmm. Ah. So the diesels that are here today, they're still, it, it, they're still deciding what the plan is in terms of the buyback program on those particular cars. So the, if you have a Volkswagen diesel today, and in fact, Leasebusters has one on our lease club program, mm-hmm. it's still a very, very popular car. People still want to drive it. People still want to t- lease it out and so forth. Exactly. You know, I was going to say, because a lot of people who do own them, they don't have a big issue with it because they like the savings and the fuel economy. Um, so they're good. So the prices have gone up on, on the used cars? Well, they, they, they've certainly stabilized. Wow. Because in the end, people are looking for a diesel for a couple of different reasons. One is the economy, the fuel economy. But the other thing is diesel motors last longer. Because so, they're more robust. Exactly. And, they, yeah. they, and Alan can, can t- speak more about it, but they don't burn as, as hot as, as gasoline and so, mm-hmm. so, on, so on and so forth. But what they've decided is they really can't get the emissions down because really what it's all about is a question between emissions and performance. So the, the software lowered the emissions at certain points and then – turned it off at other points when performance came into play. Well, wasn't it a case of, you know, they, they, they could actually lower the emissions, but at a cost, obviously, and, and maybe that cost offset because well, Mercedes has been selling diesels and, and, and using the BlueTech method for a bunch of years. Um, and no issues there. And I don't think there are any issues there. Well, if you, if you go to your local Mercedes dealership today mm-hmm. and ask for perhaps a Mercedes GLE 350 diesel, uh-huh. 2017 model, not available. Oh, you're they're kidding. Not, okay. Not but I wonder, I wonder how much that, you know, Jim, you're saying it's because, you know, they, they were cheating or there, there was a question about the legality of it. But maybe it's just a case of people have lost their taste for it. You know, um, they felt they'd been lied to. They thought that the diesel was clean. And in fact, they see that it may be not. And um, maybe just the sales aren't there. So why bother bringing them in? In fact, I, I think Volkswagen is changing their tact altogether down the road where they want to go to electric rather than. Yeah, they uh, found the righteous way. Well, the, <laughs> the electric is the way of the future, but I right. mean, when you look at your last Toronto Hydro bill, it's pretty expensive. Yeah, it's true, too. So. Listen, we've got a call for you. Uh, we're on, Dean is on line uh, one. Okay, Dion in Pickering. What can we do for you? Hi, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, no problem. Okay, so I have a 2006 Mazda 6 um, that just started experiencing engine hesitation last week. Mm-hmm. And so I, you can, it's drivable, but not very, you know, it feels like it's going to stall out. So I took it to two different places. Um, the second one was a Mazda dealership, and they, they're pretty much giving up on the car. Um, I spent almost $500 in um, maintenance. Um, spark plugs were changed. The um, injector cleaning was done as well as a throttle body service and nothing's nothing's made That's any not change. better question yeah. when you're driving it and you're feeling the hesitation is the the light the engine light not flashing no the engine light never came on for me no oh and um and it's never been on at all well i, I i'd have to check with the mazda dealership but um i don't know if it's come on for them but he'd also check the um, ignition coils, and he said that they, he didn't really see anything wrong oh. with them. So, what, you, what, you're looking for another car? Is that what's happening? <laughs> no, she just wants her car fixed. Oh, no, we got a guy here who'll give her another car. Because well, it's an 06. It's but, already, look how old it is. But at the end of the day, well, here's I, I, well, what I'm guessing is this, you see. Giving me, right? Sorry, man, I, I didn't hear. Give up. That's the same position the Mazda dealership is giving me. Yeah. What, so, my question is what's the mileage on your car? 230,000. 
It's lunch bag letdown. Okay. It's time to get rid of this car. Well, you know, from their perspective, I mean, as a you know mechanic. legitimate mechanic, you know, who tries to please people, um, if your car came in, the engine light was not on, you didn't really feel much. You check it, you see it does need some maintenance. I mean, the five hundred dollars is as much as it sounds like a lot for you. It may have needed the tune-up. It, it may have needed some of that work. Yeah, um, correct. It didn't fix the specific Alan, problem. What's the value of this car? Um, $1,500? Bucks? May, well, no, but, less than that. You're shaking their heads. But maybe more to Dion. Well, I know, but maybe it's cheaper for her to get into a lease probably and buy something else? Well, it certainly depends on her budget, but the vehicle, to, Al, to Alan's point, is worth a lot more to the her point, yes. than it is within the market. It, if, you know, in the end, a car is worth two hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars a month for somebody because that's what they'd have to pay to replace it. What I'd suggest right. is this: is continue to drive it. I mean, it, it's not actually dying on you, correct? No, but it, I wouldn't even want to take it on the highway. It's pretty bad. It's yeah. uh, well, it's funny, um, especially with the weather. Now. I'm kind of surprised though that if it feels that bad that the engine computer is not picking up on it because normally it does. Um, again, you probably did need the maintenance. Unfortunately, there's still an issue there. It could be, I think these cars have problems with crankshaft sensors or camshaft sensors. It could also be an ignition coil problem. Uh, unfortunately, you're going to have to wait for it to die or or at least for the light to come on. See, and I don't agree. I think you reach a certain point in the, in the ownership of a car when it's time to get rid of it and get into something safer. And, and You can uh, fight later, all right? Okay, goodbye. <laughs> all right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. Yeah, After thanks the, the break, <laughs> I've got an email. Like, somebody's emailed me, and, and they've got it. Well, not me, so to speak. I think it's a question for Jim, so we're going to get to that, of course. And you're listening to Dave's Corner Garage. We're going to be back in about three minutes. There you go. I like that. Works on reindeer. Ho, 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 ho. Okay, I'm not going there. Uh, welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. The garage door is wide open. Alan has an email. I do. From Rick in uh, North York or someplace? Rick in Thor- from his computer. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Rick asks, I leased a brand new 216 Honda Civic Ford sedan last year, and, and recently I got a promotion. Woohoo! hoo um, and, and part of his uh, promotion was that he gets a lease car from, provided from work. So now he doesn't lead, need the Civic. So he went back to the Honda dealership where he leased the car, discovered the sales guy's not there anymore. They put someone else in charge. And he said, well, we could take the car back provided you pay the 34 outstanding payments. I thought that was ridiculous. Oh, so you got to pay off the lease. Well, hey, hey so, so, so Rick, uh, on, would make sense. He made a big fuss suggesting that this was ridiculous. Let me, I want to speak to the manager. Anyways, the leasing manager was out at the time. He called me back a little later, indicated the dealership was prepared to buy back the Civic, but I was responsible for making up the difference between the payout and the wholesale value, which means they wanted I should give the car back plus $5,000, wow. which is crazy, eh? James, tell us, can you help Rick? Well, lease busters can certainly help Rick, but what the Honda dealership did was exactly correct. Yes. So all they can pay for a used Honda Civic is fair wholesale value. Mm-hmm. The challenge was... But that, it's brand new. It's a 16. How no, much do I have to lose here? It did that bump here? bump when it goes off the curb, that well, bump bump. Oh, my. <laughs> but, but, but the bump bump is yes. the market, and, and all of us here are part of that bump bump market. Yes. So what happens is... The 2016, mm-hmm. probably the, the lease payout, the amount owed on this lease to Honda Canada Finance, right. was probably around 22000 bucks. The wholesale value on this, on this 2016 Honda Civic mm-hmm. was probably around 17000 bucks. Yeah. So, so this, the spread. difference between the payout of the lease and what the true wholesale value, because mm-hmm. remember, the dealer has to buy it wholesale right. to sell the vehicle on their used car lot for retail value, which would be, say, 
$20,000. So they make that the spread of what they earn on the, on the particular vehicle. And all that is fair. So, and that's been going on for years and years. And, and bottom line is all the customer has to do is contact lease busters and sell the lease. Well, we'll find somebody to take over the particular yeah. lease. And the, the takeover of the lease is actually a great deal for somebody. Probably has 34, he says 34 right, months so, remaining. So Rick can go to your site, take pictures of his car, put it up, and, and the people help him out. What is, how does he do it? Well, he would, he would, as you said, he would come to our site. He would provide us with the particular information. He would get an, a complete evaluation of the lease. Mm-hmm. And one of our lease takeover specialists would analyze it, ensure that we have the that it has the market position for a new buyer to take over. And actually, that car would sell right away. I mean, that's a really a prime car, right? It would. So, yeah. in other words, somebody would rather take over that lease yeah. than lease a brand new one for 48 months. Exactly. So, if Rick's lucky, for example, I mean, rather than, you know, taking the $5,000 hit, what, what do you kind of figure he, he may lose on it? Between the lease buster's fee mm-hmm. and the lease transfer fee charged by Honda Canada Finance, uh-huh. he would his out, out-of-pocket cost would be about $1,000. Oh, wow. That's great. So, so, he's going to save $4,000. We've got a call from... Uh, Let's call it 80%, yes. Uh, Lucy's on the phone, uh, line two. Lucy, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Great, you got a question for Jim? I do, I do. I I need to get out of my lease, and um, I I was on your site, which is absolutely fabulous, but um, I was wondering, I'm really busy, and I can't take calls. Is there anybody that, is there any other way that I can get around that? Lucy, Lucy, yes, we do have a solution, and... Most of our clients that that want to get out of their lease, they'll do anything they want. I mean, uh, the the example that we just discussed with Rick in, mm-hmm. in North York or Thornhill, he would be probably happy to take calls because he wants to mitigate that $5,000. But you are right. We have a lot of people that are very busy. They can't take calls during the day. They don't want to take calls during the evening. Our lease takeover specialists, they all will look after telephone calls for customers who don't have the time. So you have to really? make arrangements to see the car, right? Yes, but again, most people, and I can't speak for Lucy, but most leasing customers who want to get out of their lease are happy to meet with people. Okay. Mm-hmm. They just don't have time to field calls and questions about their lease. Well, exactly. I mean, in, in terms of actually seeing it and driving it, that's not going to be happen till the, till the end of all that discussion. Correct. So in other words, the, the, the website and our details page explains everything you need to know about the vehicle, the all the equipment, the leasing details, everything. What it doesn't explain is the show and tell and road test of the vehicle, as well as other questions. And this is where people like Lucy, mm-hmm. they don't have the time or they can't field calls during the day. You know, it's very difficult. Every, people work during the day. Yeah. So what happens is our team will field the calls, answer the questions, and then set up the appointments for clients like Lucy. Great way to meet people. <laughs> and, and there's there's no limitation on the site, eh? I mean, you can put up a number of pictures and put up all the pertinent information there? Absolutely. We, we, we allow up to seven photos because we feel that any more than seven photos will will clog up the the, um, the the memory in your computer, especially if you're on your telephone and yeah, so yeah. forth. This well, takes too long to download, but so seven photos. Are right, and at the end of the day, inside, yeah. you know, you're talking about a late model car. Here, it's a 16. You got it. You know, they you can go look at the exact same car on Honda's website for the most part. Or go to a Honda dealership, absolutely. Except see the pizza sign on the roof. Okay, right? we're going to take a quick break. If you hear that music, that means it's time to go. we got to go. Yeah. Uh, 
Terry O'Keefe from Onbrick is going to join us after the break, and we're going to talk about liens, like if you're buying cars and selling cars. Important so, information. Yeah, yeah and if you stuff. need some information, you got a car care question, by all means, give us a call right now. Yeah, this we have is... a call for uh, Jim when we come back after that. All right. We're going to talk to Brian right after the break. This is Dave's Corner Garage. All righty. We're back. Uh, Terry O'Keefe is on the line. By the way, just before we get to Terry... Go to davescornergarage.com, enter the contest for Prestone. I want to make sure that we get Exactly. A that's a beautiful lit-up sign. Yeah. That, uh, Terry O'Keefe's on the phone from Onvik, Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council. Have we got that right? You did. <laughs> you, don't, you, you don't usually, so I'm shocked. <laughs> Thank you. We, we, all, we, we all were practicing during we're the break, all. actually. <laughs> so we had a problem with liens, and we were talking about that this morning on the in the green room. Can you sort of expound on that? Yeah, obviously, whenever a used car uh, dealer, you know, uh, or not just a used car, new car dealer, any dealer takes a, you know, takes a car in on trade, and the consumer's financing a new car, and part of that financing is to pay out the loan on the trade-in, you know, obviously expects that to be done immediately. The law requires that to be uh, to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, we've unfortunately seen uh, a number of dealers that have gotten themselves into some financial difficulty, and that hasn't been the case. Uh, one recent case, uh, South Key Auto Sales Inc. that operated as the 4x4 store, uh, they, we actually had eight consumers need to make claims to the Motor Vehicle Dealers Compensation Fund for a total of $229,000 because wow. the dealer didn't remove the liens from trade-ins. So, who, so after they traded the car in, they got their new vehicle, they got a call just down the road to say, by the way, you still owe us this money? What happens is the bank keeps taking payments out of your bank account. So you're making a, pay- a payment on your new car, and there's still hey. payments coming out for your old car. Don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, sometimes if you if if your payment is just a, you know it's, it's two or three days from coming out of your bank account when you bought a new car, that's going to happen, and you can talk to the finance company and the dealer and get it straightened out. But if it happens twice, that's a real warning sign, and and you should be calling Ombic if that happens. Uh, or if a dealer says, listen, I'm not going to pay out the loan on your trade-in. I'm going to keep making your monthly payments for you. Oh, but Again, so, <laughs> really, really troubling. That's called conversion, isn't it? Well, I wouldn't suggest to you it's conversion because they are making the payments. But yeah. what happens if the dealership closes? Mm-hmm. What And, and, and at this also, you have to keep in mind, now you, have, you still have two car loans in your name, and that's affecting your credit uh, rating. So, Terry, how long does it take if we have a claim to final resolution? Uh, to the compensation fund? Yeah, say, for example, I, I, my car has lien against it, the guy didn't pay it out, I come to you. How long does it take before you actually resolve the issue? <laughs> it depends on the criteria that that claim comes to the compensation fund under, uh, Dave. If you bought a car from a dealer and it got repossessed because it had a lien, a lien on it, that would be automatic straight track to the compensation fund. Oh, wow, okay. But in these, in these instances, this was actually... The trade-ins that the liens didn't get paid out, that's not a straight track. So these consumers came to the compensation fund because we were able to use their complaint as part of a proceeding to revoke the dealer's license. And that's exactly what OMBIC did was revoke the 4x4 store's license. And so those consumers were then able to come to the fund under that criteria. But that, of course, does take a little bit longer. So the question, was the, was the initial you know, lender still withdrawing the money, though? Yes. Ooh, wow. Yeah, these consumers. These consumers were still on the hook for the loans on their trade-ins. Mm-hmm. Now, will you try and, and and recoup the the money back from the dealership if you can, right, or whatever you chase oh, them. Absolutely, the, the that dealership now it's it, it's gone. 
so it's unlikely that uh, we would ever be able to recoup that money. But if the if the dealership was still in business and the compensation fund pays out a claim on behalf of that dealer, it's not an insurance plan for dealers. We expect that dealership to pay the fund back, and if they don't, it's very unlikely they'll have their uh, registration renewed. Well, speaking of gone, I mean, if you bought that car, you know, from a donut shop, um, <laughs> you know, well, here we go. I mean, the fund only happens if you bought it from a registered dealer, correct? That's an excellent point, Alan. You know, the these things, when they happen, they're really unfortunate. And I don't want people to think that this is common. It's not. We've just happened to see, a, a, you know, it happened three times in the last few months. Uh, and that is uncommon. But you're absolutely right. If you bought a car privately and it had a lien on it, you're on your own. You're going to have to try and find that seller and deal with it in court. And sometimes the seller isn't the guy on the ownership. It's He's a ghost. Very, very often, uh, you know, curbsiders, they don't want the cars in their name. You'll never find that seller again. And we do see curbsiders selling cars with liens. We see them they more and more with rollback odometers. Of course, they're always selling wrecks. Uh, we're even seeing them now uh, recently, a couple of cases, with selling stolen vehicles. I think part of the problem is, is as Dave's mentioned before, you know, you're only a, one individual who does it every 10 years. So you really have no experience. And you're coming against someone who's got yeah. a lot of experience. They're a particular bad person. Um, so even, for example, they may look at a, at a, um, a Carfax or CarProof. They may look at a, a UVIP thinking that all that information. Well, they don't even realize that they have to read that, you know, or, or what, what even that means. I mean, I tell you myself that I, I've looked at car proofs and going, hang on, take me a few minutes to figure this out. How many owners were there and when did it happen and what's the spacing? So it's difficult. So this is why, you know, if you're not, if, if you're not experienced and you're not a sharp, you know, person when it comes to that, go to a dealer. Jim, go ahead. One, one question I had, Terry, is uh, did you guys not try to chase down those trades with the liens on them and, uh, and recuperate those particular cars? Well, we uh, don't have – I mean, the banks have liens on the cars. So then the right. banks would, – wouldn't the banks then chase down the – you know, get their, yeah. their bailiffs and chase down those particular used cars? So at least the, 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 you can mitigate some of the, some of the losses. Well, the, pro- the problem would be if we, if we did that, if we said, go ahead, repossess those. Remember, those cars are now sold to other consumers. Mm-hmm. So if the bank repossesses those cars, those consumers lose their cars, and those consumers are going to come to the compensation fund with a claim. Yeah, but you so can sell the car. I'll make it up the dealership. It's not going to reduce the claims to the compensation fund. We're just trying to, you know, we're trying to prevent having those consumers have their cars taken out of their driveway. Yeah, good point. Gary, thank you very much. Omvic is available at omvic.ca, correct? That's it. That's your new website. Exactly. Find out if the dealer you're dealing with is a good one, and make sure buy from a registered dealer. That's the only way you're going to get some compensation. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be back with more of your calls right after this break. Welcome back. It's Dave's Corner Garage, and we have Brian on the phone with Elise's question for Jim. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Hey, good morning, fellas. How are you? Great. Any day you wake up is a great day. That's what we say around here. I thought it was a great day because I'm a first-time caller. Ah, good. Okay. (laughs) Go ahead. What's your question? Uh, um, I got my dealership calling me. I got a 2016 Ram EcoDiesel on a 24-month lease with Chrysler, and they're telling me they can get me out of that vehicle and put me into a new Ram, uh, 2017 Ram, for about $300 a month. Would I be able to get out of that Ram just as easy as my Eco Diesel? Well, 
you certainly could be, you know, it really just depends on, on the equipment level and the cost and the monthly payment of the new RAM. So what's the, what's the deal that they're offering on the new RAM? Well, what they're offering, and by the time you go in and you see all the fine print and everything, right, it's going to cost me about $300 plus tax a month on a 24-month lease for a brand-new RAM. That's cheap, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. For, a new, for a new 17 RAM? For a new 17 RAM with a 25A package, if anybody knows that out there. So to me, Brian, what it sounds like is that your 2016 RAM it, with the Eco Diesel, and again, we were talking about diesels earlier, they are a very, very popular vehicle, especially in pickup trucks today because of the fuel economy. So what happens is there's a huge market. The market could be domestic. It could be international into the States where there's actually an equity position in your current lease. They're taking the equity from your current lease and applying it to the 2017, and that's what's generating a $300 a month payment. Wow. So, Brian, if that is all correct and it's fully disclosed and you get that in writing, I'd do the deal in a second. Yeah. Sounds like a great deal. And would I be able, if I was to use the website afterwards, because that's another 24-month lease they're putting me into for the 17. So would I be able to use the website to get out of that, say, in about a year's time? Well, of course. I mean, that would be the sweet spot. The other thing that you could could also consider is using the website and asking for an equity position back if you, if you really wanted to, because it sounds like the monthly payment is really, really strong, because typically Rams with the Eco Diesel package and so forth, they're a you know, four or $500 a month truck, depending on the equipment level. So he would ask for money to take the lease over? Oh, heck yeah. Like, oh, I never thought of that. Well, yeah. for sure, because, again, he's $200 a month below market on that thing. And the reason why he's $200 below market is due to the fact that he's in an equity position. So the other thing, Brian, you can do is ask them, ask the Chrysler dealer, is can they write you a check back and maybe you pay a little bit more than $300 a month for that particular truck. Because mm. that's a possibility as well, depending on, huh. uh, on, depending on what your market, you know, what, where, your, where your budget is and do you need the cash or would you prefer a lower monthly payment? It really just depends on your personal financial situation. Okay, guys. Thanks very Thank much. Thank you. What a great thing. That's great information. So you guys have people actually that you can talk to. It's not just the website, correct? Oh, heck yeah. Like, I mean... You know, we have a staff of, you know, 10 to 12 people, depending on who's on shift one uh, one particular day, and they will answer all those particular questions that Brian had. And those were, by the way, really good questions. Wow, great personal touch. That's really good because, hey, I was confused. I thought, what the heck are they talking about? Not hard you know? to get him confused. We'll be right back. This is Dave's Corner. <laughs> oh. We're going to talk to Dominic after the break. No, he's we're a- talking to Barry after the break. See, okay. I told you, call confused this guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage, I think. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. One in 20 people suffer from kidney problems. In One in 20, yeah. really? Yeah, it's a serious issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Barry Sklar, he's been my friend uh, over 50 years. I used to go to school with this guy. I still love him. Barry's on the phone, and he's from the Kidney Foundation. Barry, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dave, and how are you today? Uh, well, I was t- I'm not that well. We were out late last night. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to bed at 1 o'clock. Anyways, besides that. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> that's late for me. Nap pulled, time. You <laughs> pulled it all nighter. Wow. I didn't even get a nap yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. Barry, um, Kidney Foundation, we have a thing called Kidney Car. Kidney Car is a very unique program. Actually, the Kidney Car is the largest charitable vehicle donation program in Canada, and they're unique in the fact that uh, the program is managed totally in-house with the uh, the Kidney Foundation of Canada staff and not third-party. 
So all the money that you people collect actually goes directly to the foundation. Well, the, the money is used in all their fundraising efforts, but so together with Kidney Car and something that's coming up uh, shortly called Jingle Bowl, and it's invested in research and services and support and raising awareness of kidney disease. And in, since 1964, there's been $115 million donated to uh, kidney awareness and kidney research. Fascinating. Now, you're a patient for uh, kidney. Um, you had a, a kidney replaced for what? I had a kidney transplant coming up 20 years now. Fascinating. And in, it, it, your life is basically normal. My life is totally normal. Well, actually, you're not normal because I know you. But exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with the kidney. Okay. <laughs> Fast. So, Barry, what are we doing? So, what do you do for a living? That's an interesting question. Well, I'm in the commercial real estate brokerage business, both sales and leasing. I have my own company called High Point Realty, and we work around the metro Toronto area and everywhere, and we have a great time. So do you find that that disease actually does affect your lifestyle? Well, kidney disease and, of course, management, if you, if you have an issue and you have to go on dialysis, you have to be able to manage that. Certainly having a transplant frees you from everything and you're back to normal. In my particular case, I received a kidney from my sister, and uh, everything was uh, was working perfectly. It's great. But in Canada, there's actually 4,400 people uh, at this moment that are waiting for organ donations. And of that, 75% uh, who are on the waiting list are waiting for kidney donations. So and, is that is it is a sibling uh, an ideal solution, or or is there um, how do they match them up? Well, they do. They have a number of medical factors that they uh, they take into account: blood type, et cetera, et cetera, and a lot of genetics. But your your familial uh, transplant is probably one of your more successful or most successful potentially uh, transplants that you can get. And over fifty percent of the seventy five percent who are on the waiting list receive kidneys from their uh, living donors, either friends, family. Could be a match. Dave, I could take yours. No, you couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we get in touch with uh, Kidney Car? How does that work? Well, Kidney Car is a very simple, simple program. You contact the Kidney Foundation through www.kidneycar.ca, and they, it's a very simple process. Uh, your car or vehicle, whether it's sellable or not sellable or saleable, is actually picked up within 48 hours by one of our towing partners. Mm -hmm. They value the car, uh, whether it's, if it's sellable, it's obviously worth more, but the minimum uh, donation receipt that you'll receive for donating your car will be $300. They pick up your car and you're finished with it. You don't have to worry about it. So you get a tax receipt and writes off your income tax? Exactly. Right. You can, you know, maybe in the middle of the night, take your neighbor's car off the driveway that's sitting there with no wheels. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Barry, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And we have the Jingle Bowl coming up and, uh, in December. Yeah. And uh, if anybody wants to make a donation, they're welcome to at kidney.ca forward slash Jingle Bowl. And uh, the funds will be well received and thankfully applied. Yeah, I'm going to put it on our website. It'll be on our website for the weekend. And then we'll send you some information. Great. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Dave. Thank you. Barry Sklar, and it's called High Point Realty. And uh, we used to go to high school together. The Kidney Foundation. Yeah. Anyways, nice guy. You love him. And he's got... Uh, Great family. Anyways, uh, we'll be right back. It's Dave's Corner Garage, and we're in the last segment. Right after this, we're going to talk to... Dominic. Uh, Dominico. Da in Niagara Falls. Yes. Multilavore in Nente Bagare. We'll be right back. <laughs> okay, we're back. We are. Did we, actually, we didn't go away. We just sat there quietly. <laughs> what was that Italian phrase that you made up? 
It means lots of work no, and well, no money. What was it? lavore niente pagare. It just means lots of work and no money. And Dominic's on the phone from maybe, Niagara Falls. Maybe Dominic knows uh, tutte tabla mangiare. <laughs> okay, Dominic, <laughs> what's your question? Yes, I, uh, hi guys, I like your show. Thank you. Every week. Grazie. I've got a problem with my uh, Mercedes-Benz 88. It's got it's 560 SL. Yep. And I believe my water pump is shot. Uh, I was just wondering, uh, is it a big job to do that myself, or do I oh. take it into a garage to get it repaired? Well, you're, are, are you handy? Do you have tools? Yes. Oh, yeah. I've got all that stuff. Uh, I haven't is done it, it myself. Is it 560 V12? No. It's an 8. No, it's V8. It's an 8 cylinder, yeah. yeah. All right. You know what? Do you have a cop? you have the owner's manual or the yes, shop manual? Yes, I have a copy of that. The only thing I, I don't understand is why, did, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that uh, engine at all, but... Why do you have to take the distributor off to get it at the water pump? Well, I uh, I give you the phone number one eight hundred Deutschland. You can phone Mister Mercedes himself. Probably because it's driven. Maybe the pump drives the. Um, no, wouldn't drive the. Wouldn't drive the distributor. I don't know. No. Are you maybe. guys actually stumped on? No, this well, we don't work on those very often. <laughs> I see. <laughs> It's you know what I give you some advice. I would take it into a shop because if we don't know, you could get in some real problems, like retiming the engine or something. Is it belt driven or chain driven? Chain. Uh, no, it's belt driven. Belt driven. Maybe that's yeah, what happened. Was I was driving into a garage to fill up with the car with gas because I put it away in the winter time. One of the one of the belts broke, so I I drove it to the side. I had it towed home, and I took the other belt off because it's a double belt. One drives the uh, they both drive the power steering. Yeah. But one drives the uh, the fan clutch as well. Uh huh. Now, when I took the other belt off, I tried to turn the uh, the pump by hand. And it was seized. In the clockwise position. And I find that sometimes it'll it'll stick. So I, I would imagine there's something wrong with the yeah, pump. Seized, Probably yeah. the bearing gone yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was just uh, You know what? Start it. If it doesn't work for you, you just tow it into a shop. That's the best way to go. If you feel comfortable doing it, I would go ahead. Again, I would, uh, you know, the other thing you could check out is YouTube. If you have a computer, check out yes, YouTube yes. because uh, there's all kinds of great videos there. Just punch up the type of car you've got, the mm -hmm. type of job you're doing, mm -hmm. and uh, you could have a really good video there. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thanks, Dominic. Fine, thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. I have one last question for Jim. I leased a car, and I wrote it off. All right. Uh, the, the car was in an accident, and it's just scrap. What happens with the lease? How does that work? Great question, and we deal with it quite often. The a write-off of a of a lease vehicle is exactly the same as a write-off of an owned vehicle. So if you owned it and you were financing and so forth. So remember, with the earlier question from Rick, mm -hmm. what happens is there is a payout of the lease. So let's say the payout of the lease was fifteen thousand dollars. The insurance company and their adjuster team has to then determine what the fair market value of that particular right. vehicle is. So if that if the fair market value of that total loss vehicle is, let's say, $18,500, and they've done all their research and homework or used an outside service to do that, what will happen next is the insurance company will then satisfy the $15,000 outstanding buyout of the lease and then cut you a check for the difference. So for thirty for the equity portion, you would get a check for $3,500, and then you would be off to go get another lease vehicle. Okay. What happens if the vehicle comes in at $13,000? Excellent question. So <laughs> if the... If the which is more likely the case. <laughs> which is, in most cases, it is. And so if you were in a, in a, in a lease deficiency position, which again, same as the, as the earlier email that Alan mm -hmm. read, 
what happens is all OEM leases, so manufacturers leases like Honda Canada Finance or BMW Finance or whatever the case may be, have what is called gap insurance. Oh. So if you owe more than what the car's worth, so if the insurance company deems the value of the car only $13,000 and you owe $18,000 and there's a $5,000 gap, the manufacturer's leases gap insurance picks up that $5,000, and you, as the lessee, are not responsible. So you walk away. You do walk away, and you go lease another car and have a nice day. Now, does every manufacturer, though, every finance in-house manufacturer, do they offer that insurance? That insurance is part of the lease. Okay. And you see, this is one of the, another benefit to leasing a car as opposed to financing a car, because if you would have finance that car through either the bank or an OEM finance company, Mm -hmm. there's no gap insurance. So what would have happened is if you Uh owed $5,000 more, you would be responsible to pay that $5,000. So it's very, very important when you're financing a car to look at all these situations. Now, an accident and a total loss is very unexpected, but this will happen, and we see this quite often with people who finance a car through our Finance Busters Network. You know, it's funny because uh, we have cars for the show. We have our own vehicles. Now to get rid of them, it's a real hassle. So I'm thinking, that's it. I've had it. I'm not buying any more cars. I'm just going to be leasing them. Well, it, you know, and a lot of people feel that way today because technology is changing so much. Yeah. And, you know, people want to have the latest technology. People want to be able to, you know, enjoy the safety features of newer cars. And when they have an older car... You know, all of a sudden, it's it's difficult to sell. Having said that, dealers always want to have, you know, a, a robust used car department kind of thing. So dealers do offer pretty aggressive money on trade-ins. But I look at, like, um, the auto trader and stuff. There's, like, 50,000 cars on the site. How am I going to sell my car against 50,000 other guys? It's a real problem. And you and you know what? You're, you're absolutely right. You're not going to sell it that easily. People today would prefer to buy and pay a little bit more for their car, for a used car, through a dealership and through an accredited dealership, like the one that Terry was talking about, you know, you got to be really careful when you're buying from, and I wouldn't even say a B used car lot, but like a C or a D level kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you got to be really, really careful, you know, and, and I've seen that today where people will prefer to buy from a new car franchise dealerships used car lot than an A or even a B used car uh, independent because they just don't know if the lien's going to be paid out, if the, if the used car's lien-free, so on and so forth. They just don't feel the protection. And one of the things that, that I always notice is there's a lot of rental cars out there. The there rent- are tons. I yeah. mean, and, and rental cars are not a bad thing. I mean, it used to be years ago that rental companies would keep a car on their fleet for, you know, two years, three years, you know, and, come, and they come back into the market with seventy or 80,000 kilometers. Today, most of the reputable rental companies, they keep a car on for eight to 10 months, no more than 20,000 kilometers in most cases. They're well-maintained, and they're good cars. Yes, I've seen, uh, as a Chrysler, yeah, Chrysler stopped doing rental fleet now. They start doing, it's Hyundai, and, and the imports now sort of picked that, that, that slack up. Again, the reason behind that is is retail market perception, Chrysler product, and, and again, in the smaller product, the Dart's gone away, the yeah. Caliber's gone away, mm-hmm. whereas the smaller imports, like the Elantra, the Corolla, and so forth, they're, they all have really solid reputations, and they're not affected by this perception that it was a former daily rental. Fascinating stuff. So a website for Leasebusters? It's leasebusters.com. Jim is a wealth of information, I swear He really God. is. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing, Knows too, for a lot of our listeners or older people, perhaps, you know, not adept at everything on the computer. You can speak to an individual person there. All the time, yeah. There you go.
Alan, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, and what is what's the number for lease purchases if they want to call through? Toll free 888-357-2678. Sebastian, thank you for doing what you do. Steve, have a great day. You too there. And maybe you should have a, have another beer tonight. You're much more awake. Today. I want to thank Rick hungover. for his email and Lucy for her call. And Dominic, and we hope uh, he doesn't get too far lost fixing that Mercedes. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Who cares about the clouds and we're together? Just sing a song and bring the sunny weather. Happy This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.